is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning. This show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. And welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and this week I am joined by some of my favourite people in the world. So immediately, you know, Craig's not on here. Um, I'm joined by Mr. D himself, Paul Dolan. Hello, how are you? Okay, thank you. Uh, the very talented, of course, Mr. Chris Ripley. Hello. And the ever delightful and wonderful. Boston Rights. Hi. I like why you laughed and as if, you know, I might have then brought up somebody else's name. It's quite a nervous laugh there. But no, it was it was directed at you. Um, <laughs> so uh, we had a week off. Not not for any particular reason, we just did. Didn't we? I think that was about it. Um, but here we are. Um, much to everyone's joy, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, you know, I couldn't open my door for the pile of letters asking where Disaster Dark had been for its <laughs> week hiatus. Uh, I'm sure you all were guessing it in the ears from all of our two listeners about where our show is. But uh, we are back, uh, and I think we need to start the show off, as we should do with every episode, with a round of what is everybody drinking? Oh, please, can I go first? Because I'm dead excited. Well, I've not asked you what you were drinking before the call, and I think I know already what you're going to be opening. And it's like... very exciting. Yeah! <laughs> I'm so excited it's back in England, and I've not stopped drinking it since it came out. I think I've been drunk for two weeks. <laughs> and the thing is, I meant to tell you, because I walked into Asda and I saw a massive pile of them, and we kept talking about other stuff in the group chat and I thought, oh yeah, I must have meant, I must mention that. And I thought, oh, she must know by now. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, and I think it's, it's on a pretty good deal at the moment as well. Yeah. I got like two massive things of cans for like 20 pounds. Now, I think it's like 20 cans in each one. Now for those that, uh, I'm sure most of you have seen Amanda, but, um, I mean, Amanda is tiny. Um, so when she oh, says, she yeah, but when she says massive, I mean, they actually are, as you said, they're like 20 cans to a box 
and mm. uh, I think they're four forty cans, so they're not you know little stubbies. They yeah, are the cans are massive. They're like the size of like my forearm. Yes, or for most people, <laughs> uh, hand handheld size. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I mean you know I think we're allowed to say um, because we're not regulated that uh, that's from uh, Asda, part of the Walmart family. Oh, they sell them in Tesco too. Are they really? Well, because it's not exclusive. Yeah. You know, I know it's not exclusive to us, but I've not seen them anywhere else yet. Okay, um, can I ask, why don't they sell them all year round? I, you know what? Like, they used to. Mm. They used to be everywhere, and then all of a sudden they just disappeared, and you couldn't get it anywhere. From what I understand, from what I've seen so far, this is a relaunch. Yeah. So, like, before it's been like, I don't know if it's been like for, for, uh, for trials to see if. Uh, it was successful, but yeah, like Amanda says, you kind of get them for a few months of a year and then they disappear again. But from all the advertising I've seen, this is a proper full-on launch. Uh, and before, you used to get them in one supermarket at a time. So Asda would sell it for a little bit and Tesco's might sell it for a little bit. Sainz might sell it for a few months. Uh, and then uh, that's it. They'd kind of run out and they'd never get replenished. But I think now this is a, a proper full-on launch. The only thing that's negative about it is, uh, you know, you can only buy it in these cans. Yeah, you can't get in bottles. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, right. My mate Logan, on his BLT show, he mentions Dunkin' Donuts. The next day, he's getting boxes of donuts delivered from Dunkin'. Mm. So we just need to keep saying Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud Light, drink Bud Light. The amount of times I mentioned Budweiser on this podcast, you'd think you'd think they'd give me something. Yeah, come on, come on, Budweiser. We're always, always. I mean, we haven't even done like some of your best commercials yet. I've got yeah, like what the? You know, we yeah, should go down by, that route. Sponsored by Budweiser. That could be the show title. No, we should call this episode "Beauty and the Beers." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know, like Budweiser. <laughs> but I, oh, what? I don't know. I'll, I'll have, hang on, I'll have the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> by, by the way, Chris, was that was that Dunkin' Donuts or was it the smaller regional chain Dunkin's Donuts with Dunkin' who makes all the all the donuts? Uh, I don't know, but he's done other things, hasn't he? But the point is. He's getting free merchandise and we're not. He is, and we're not. That is no. the point. I mean, for Jesus, how many times did I mentioned uh, the words Pepsi, Max and Cherry on this show and I haven't got any of those things. <laughs> Although, um, I've been on a diet for the last few weeks. I've got a wedding to... Sorry, no. I have got a wedding to go to, but more importantly, I've got a wedding suit to fit into that was bought for me. Um, I, I'm all... I'm all uh, yeah, about 12 days from the wedding and I still haven't tried the suit on. Oh, oh. How much, how how tight? Because it's a slim fit suit as well. Um, but I've lost oh, about oh, seven oh. pounds, which is which isn't bad. Yeah. And you know it's better than that Will Smith film. But um, yeah, I am I am kind of scared of that. But I've not had, a, I've, sorry, I had I've had one fizzy drink in those two weeks. I had a, a Pepsi Max yesterday just because it came with uh, the food that I ordered. But otherwise, I've been completely off of soft drinks. Which means shares in Pepsi must have plummeted. <laughs> and uh, they don't want to have all these uh, extra bottles of Pepsi Max Cherry on the shelf. Um, but going back to Budweiser, they have released in the UK before aluminium bottles. Did they? For the 2010... Yeah, the 2010 World Cup, I think it was. Oh, wait, yeah. 
yeah. they had they had special World Cup bottles that were aluminium, or uh, as our American listeners would say, aluminium. Um, <laughs> actually, I decided the other day, if I was uh, if I uh, came up with a band of which you know I can't play any, any instruments or sing, but if I was in a band, I would call them aluminium foil. A British band that pronounces aluminium incorrectly. Aluminum foil, that's what I'd call them. Um, right, so that's what a man is drinking. Mr. D, what are you drinking? Um, I'm full of beer. I've just come back from the pub. Actually, I'm full of cider. Um, but I'm, I'm just drinking tea. Well, you need to calm down but, after all that beer. I can, yeah. cider, I can imagine. So yeah, I'm full, of, I'm full of cider and pie. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ripley. Um, I have also just had a nice cup of Rosie Lee, but I am also drinking, because I am a quarter Scott, uh, Highland Spring. Oh. You didn't know I was a quarter Scott, did you? I did not. Yeah, Okai. Okai the new. (laughs) Um, I am... Hang on. There you go. Um, it's one of my last bottles of Coors Light. The reason I haven't bought any Bud Light is because I'm still getting through the last of the Coors. So um, I, I will be going on to the Bud Lights very, very soon. Bud Light, refreshingly light, Bud Light. Um, so it's been a, a, a interesting few weeks, I would say, and there's been one thing which has been very, very hot topic. And unlike most podcasts, this is probably the first one that... that they're going to be talking about this subject. This is actually going to be the second time that we're going to be talking this subject because now it's officially released. Um, and that is, um, of course, Beauty and the Beast. We were the first podcast, full stop, to talk about Beauty and the Beast. Nay, sin Beauty and the Beast. Well, I, I mean, I, I know we definitely were of English-speaking podcasts, but... You know, we don't know if there was like a Spanish podcast or a Portuguese podcast, an Italian podcast that beat. Yeah, but the the, well, the thing was was the, the 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 special showing was in London. That is very true. That is so, very true, actually. Yes, we did. We did. I mean, I, I I thought it was a world exclusive, and I think we were correct in in saying so. And uh, we we gratefully um, thank you for that. Uh, at the time but it's now been a few weeks since then in fact what is it three four weeks since you saw it yeah about that um and now we've all been able to go and see it um so actually everybody on this on this episode has actually now gone see beauty and the beast what's really unusual for me um (laughs) as people probably would have realized over the years is i don't normally get to see disney films when they first come out because of the uh the children situation um, I just happened to be off work last week when it came out and uh, it meant we just checked to see if there was any um, seats available in the, the first midday showing of Beauty and the Beast at my local cinema and there were. So we decided, right, that's it, we're taking the kids because uh, the evenings had already sold out. I could, I could tell it was going to be a busy one. And uh, for a 12 o'clock showing um, on a Friday, it was actually pretty busy. I'd say the cinema was probably about half full, um, which I was quite surprised about. But yeah, the showings, some of the showings in the in the evening, had all sold out well in advance. So wow. um, yeah, so we was quite lucky there. So um, who wants to go first? Does anyone in particular want to go first? 
I'll go first. Go on. Because I'm, I'm of mixed mixed feelings about it. Oh, I like I it. I love it very, very much. And I was like, it's my favourite Disney film, the original Beauty and the Beast. And so it the film means a lot to me. And so I was nervous to go and see it. And I was nervous every time they brought a new trailer because there was a lot of trailers. Yeah. So yeah, there were. I, 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 I hate this kind of... Um... I mean, it's not just it's not just being the beast that it, it's happened with. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you do seem to get multiple trailers now for films. Exactly. So I was nervous, and the plan was that I was gonna pre-book tickets, and I was gonna go and see it with my mom and Ash. And then I kind of felt like I didn't really want to see it after I'd seen all of the trailers. I was like, no, I don't. I I just, I just don't feel like I'm gonna enjoy this. And then spare of the moment, I was like, I'll just see if the cinema's not going to be too busy on Friday night. And it wasn't, so I went. I cried for the entire time, pretty much. <laughs> I was so emotional about it because I loved it so, so much. But I hated the new songs. Okay, that's... that's, that's quite interesting i think um let, let's dig into that in a little bit um mr d well i was surprised when amanda said she went to the cinema and it was quite quiet because uh we tried to book for friday and it was sold out this was in cine world or world of cine in chester and i managed to get tickets for saturday and when we got in the cinema we were we were so close to the screen that we actually had credits in the film, I think, at the end of it. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. And so we actually waited a couple of minutes. We waited until the end of the first song, and then we, we had it all planned out. It was like a military operation. We said, actually, somebody hasn't turned up in the middle of the cinema, and there was four seats empty. So we decided, like, ready, steady, here we go. But unfortunately, we didn't coordinate, so I went one way, and disturbed half the row, and Kerry went the other way and disturbed the other half the row. But we did actually manage to get the seats. But that said, um, I, I I did really enjoy it. I mean, it, it is a film that's got sentimental value. You know, my kids grew up with the film, so watched it many many times sitting on the sofa with the kids, um, you know, before bed. Um, so, again, I was a bit like Amanda, a bit nervous, didn't want them to, to spoil that. But in the end, it was a, it was an alternative. It was very good, I thought. I didn't think it was quite as warm as the animated version. That, that would be my summary. But it was more spectacular. So the visuals, amazing. You know, I think they did a great job of it. Um, we'll talk about the characters, I guess, but... I thought generally the cast were really good. Emma Watson had a well big pair of shoes to fill. I don't know how how big Belle's feet actually are, but high expectations. I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I did really enjoy it. Um, still, probably for me personally, give the animated movie the edge, but not by much. 
Well, I mean, I, I think me and Amanda have got a similar kind of view of Beauty and the Beast um, compared to you, Mr. D, in that we were those kids. Mm. I mean, I was, uh, I think I was about eight when Beauty and the Beast came out. Um, so I, I do actually remember seeing it at a cinema. And I never saw The Little Mermaid at the cinema because I had no interest in it. I'm not really sure I went to see Beauty and the Beast, if I'm honest. It might have been a parent's choice, I'm not sure. But um, it was one of the very rare princess films that I, I kind of liked. I'd seen a few of the princess films because, I mean, again, if you go back in time, you know, at that time, you couldn't go into uh, an HMV or somewhere like that and buy any Disney film. You could only buy what they had out. Um, and I, I think by that time, even Snow White hadn't actually ever come out on, on home video. So unless you went to cinema to see it, which I, I actually had done, that was my first film at the cinema, was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, you know, you didn't see many of the princess films, but I think I remember seeing Sleeping Beauty and possibly Cinderella by that point, And they just weren't really for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd seen bits of Little Mermaid, but I wasn't all that impressed. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really liked the the cartoon, and it was one that we watched quite a lot. My brother was quite into it when he was younger, so we did see it quite a lot. And I imagine um, you and Beauty and the Beast is probably me and Frozen. In uh, I've watched that so many times because of my daughter um, mm. that you just get so familiar with the with the film. So I, I, you know, I think anyone that was going to go and see it had a few. Um, concerns about what it was going to be like, and it was a, a beloved film, so um, you know you had that, and uh, I also had the very, uh, the very good um, fortune to be able to say my daughter dressed as Belle, Aww. so she was so happy. She had a little yellow Belle dress on, and she had some pretty shoes on. And she felt like a, a princess. It was lovely. She was really, really kind of encompassed the spirit of it, so she was really looking forward to it. And I absolutely loved it. Um, in fact, much more than my wife did, um, <laughs> who actually um, felt, I think, quite similar to Amanda. Um, me and my daughter loved it. Um, she wants to go again and see it, and I think she's going to go with her grandmother to see it. Um, but if she doesn't, I will definitely have no problem taking her again to go and see it. I really did enjoy it that much. Um, and for me, I actually agree with Mr. Ripley. I actually think it takes a beloved classic and actually improves on it. Um, wow. I really, I, yeah. And I, and I wasn't sure, because the thing is, I've had quite a few films this year really hyped for me that I've gone to see mm. and been let down. Like, I went to see Logan a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, my mate texted me after the midnight screening and he was like, best best Marvel film, you know, better than any Avengers film. And when I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's good. But, you know, that's 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 it. It, it. I kind of felt a bit let down. And I think sometimes the hype can, can kind of take over a little bit. But this is one instance where um, it, it didn't and it, really delivered where I didn't think it was going to. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. So with that said, I think, you know, if we kind of analyse this a little bit, let's kind of go through uh, the, the the actors in the film. And I think everybody 
was really kind of concerned with uh, Bell being Emma Watson. I think a lot of people, a lot of the comments I saw, and I mentioned it on a, on a soapbox a few weeks ago, were very like, she's not a very good actress, you know, it's going to be Hermione Granger. Um, and, and so people really kind of had a bee in a bonnet about that. Um, how do you think that she was in the film? I like that. I, now that I've seen it with her in it, I can't imagine somebody else playing it. I think she did a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mister Day? Yeah, similar to Amanda. Really. I tried not to worry too much about the fact that she's Hermione Granger, but it's always there in your mind, um, and was was pleasantly surprised at the performance she put on, and especially the singing because you don't know Emma Watson as as somebody who sings. Um, but I thought she did a did a really good job. I mean, yeah, and plus in all the interviews that she's done, she's talked about how like this was her favorite film growing up, and she really idolized Belle. So I feel like you can you can tell that she is putting a lot into it. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a role. It wasn't a role for her. Like this yeah. was this was a life's dream. Yeah. It's not just, you know, like winning a part in Star Wars. Um, you know, you might have always wanted to be in a Star Wars film, but um, you know, you're you normally you're playing a character that's that's not very known. I know, you know, we've got the hand solo film coming out next year, so it's you know, that'll be a bit, little bit different. But um generally when you're when you get a kind of big part in something, it's normally a new character. You haven't got something to to kind of fill in. Um or even if you did, maybe it's just a remake of a film you don't have that affection for but this had always been a role that she'd wanted to do since she was a child and I think that really shone through and I think uh, from from my point of view yeah after the first uh, first open number I was like Hermione who? Yeah. I, di- I didn't see Hermione anymore. Yes they, yeah. you know, they, they you know facially look the same whatever like that but I didn't think she acted in the same way she did in Harry Potter. And I mean, you know, let's let's not beat around the bush. She's not going to win any Oscars uh, for for this film. Um, it, I, but I would say that she was better, probably better in this than she was in the Harry Potter films. Um, yeah. I think she might, have, you know, I don't know if that's because she's developed as an actress or just as you say, she wanted to to do as much justice as part as possible, and so really kind of put that much effort in. Um, but she, I think she made it her own. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of complaints on uh, social media about her singing and if she was a good singer or not. But the thing is, I don't think... I, I think throughout the film, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it anyway, but I don't think during the film there was anyone who was an exceptional singer. But when no. you go and watch True. The Beast or you watch any of those Disney films with like a lot of singing, they're normally, they normally actually have singers in there. Yeah, that's true. They? I mean, even I mean, like Lion King, for example, um, the singing, the Lion King, um, Matthew Broderick didn't do any singing, the Lion King. He voiced Simba, but he didn't do the singing for Simba. 
Mm. Um, and you, you often get that. You might have somebody doing the voice of a character, but you might have someone else doing the singing of the character. So th- those people can't have that luxury. They're being seen. You can't have somebody sing their parts for them. They've got to do that. Um, and I think if you compare it to some things like uh, Into the Woods or uh, the one I compared it to the other day, which is Mamma Mia, which I've, I've not seen all the way through, so I mean, unless, you know, it, I could be wrong, but the bits that I have seen with people like Pierce Brosnan, they're definitely not singers. <laughs> they're singing, <laughs> they're singing, but they're not singers. And so I don't think it needed to be perfection in that way. In fact, I think uh, not being really professional actually probably added to it because it made it feel more like a film rather than a musical. Of which mm-hmm. it was, obviously, don't get me wrong, but you know, if you go and see a, a, a stage version of, of Beauty and the Beast or anything like that, you expect the scene to be of a certain standard, but then you're not normally seeing somebody from Hollyoaks in the lead role. But if you take, um, for example, the, the signature song, the main song when they dance that Emma Thompson sings, mm. I mean, how many times has Emma Thompson actually sung in films and TV shows? I've never watched um, Nanny McFee, so I can't tell you. I've never watched it. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if she sings in it. I don't know. No, no I, I don't think she sings in Nanny McFee. No, I don't. Um, no, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't think of a film that I've seen her in where she's, she's sung. And it's quite funny because in the back of my mind, um, when that scene came on and I'd purposely not listened to the soundtrack before seeing the film, I was kind of like going, right, how am I going to feel about this afterwards? Um, but I actually I actually quite enjoyed her take on it. Mm. Uh, I mean, different to Angela Lansbury's, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but but I, I, I liked its kind of charm. So, but I'm, she, I'm, will, she will always be P.L. Travers to me. <laughs> I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny. Uh, you know, I really got that at the end as well in, in the credits, which we'll, we'll obviously go to later on. But yeah, just so looking at the credits, I thought P.L. Travers for some reason. Um, <laughs> okay, so so we're all kind of agreed on on Emma Watson. Um, I suppose the other kind of like big character that people were focusing on was uh, Gaston. Oh my God, yes, I love Gaston. Well, we know you do. You you like a bad man. Do you, yeah, do you not Gaston mean everyone? My character. Really? Yeah, ever. He's my absolute favourite. Is it true, it might be an urban legend, that the guy who was playing Gaston had a really, really sad. Um, he died. I don't know. In a really sad way. Uh, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, beat me to the punch. Like uh, an accident or something. Oh, wow. Or the wow. guy who played it in the original. No, 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 no. Sorry, in the Magic Kingdom, the one that was doing it really... Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is true. Oh, it's true? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. He did. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. um, It was... He he got in trouble, didn't he? Um, It was... It was some kind of accident. Well, he, he was playing Gaston in the Magic Kingdom when the new Fantasyland expansion opened, and he was doing it really well like he was like teasing people and he was really going to town he was doing like push-up contests with people and yes. all this sort of stuff and then people were coming there and going well where's gaston well i'm gaston no 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 where's that gaston uh-huh. and that's one of the, like the big rules in disney you can't you know go outside the character if you know what i mean everybody has to do the same format 
Mm. Um, but he got in trouble over that, I believe. Oh, no. I got in trouble at that when I used to work at Sainsbury's. Not for doing push-ups. Uh, but I once trying got... to do a podcast or something. Else <laughs> yeah, on, on a checkout. No, I, I, I once got in trouble because um, I used to I used to really quite enjoy it for some perverse reason, um, and so because of that, I used to get a bit of a reputation of being uh, like a really friendly person to go to. Like a lot of people, were, you know, were quite sour and drab, and I always like be quite friendly with people and have like a little bit of a chat while we, uh, you know, I was doing their shopping, and so people used to purposely look out for my till. Um, and one day, a customer was chatting away and it got to the end and he thanked me and he uh, stuck his hand out. So I shook his hand and my manager came over and um, started shouting at me on the shop floor about how unprofessional it was. And, what? Um, yeah, and I, I, got, I got told off because basically because I was too, um, I was too polite. And it was making everyone else look bad. And I was like, so why are you punishing me for that? And then it happened It happened like the week after as well, like a similar situation. No handshake this time and a different customer. And the uh, same manager come over and started having a go at me. So I was like, all right, can I just go for a break? Got someone to take over me. Took her into our little, um, we used to have like a little um, work. It used to be like a massive cupboard that we could kind of go into. And I just let Ripper, and I was like, how dare you talk to me on the shop floor like that in front of customers? And after that, I never got um, another bad word said against me. Because oh. <laughs> I stuck up for myself. <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes just for doing your job properly, uh, you can get in trouble. But I, I imagine in, in somewhere like it's very hard because... Well, a lot. Of, I, mean, I think a lot of the, of the Disney characters always try and have a bit of fun with their characters anyway. Like every time I've ever met Stitch at any park... He's trying to pull faces or uh, ruffle your hair or something. But I bet there's kind of rules and regulations about what they can and can't do. Oh, yeah. I suppose if you're going above that kind of conduct, then then absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So Gaston was Luke Evans, wasn't he? And um, I've seen him in a few things before, and I've never really kind of uh, raced him all that much. Um, You know, he's, he's been okay. But I wouldn't say he was uh, an actor I, I kind of purposely looked out for. But to me, he looked like Gaston when I saw like the, the like, first pictures on set or whatever. So I thought, okay, he could do this. But I really thought he did the part well. Oh, he was amazing. The oh, right don't... level of smarm, him chatting himself up in the mirror, just, just he, he seemed to get it. Yeah, he, he seemed to really get it. I think. Um, But, of course, uh, that leads us to the one that's caused all the controversy, uh, (laughs) which is uh, LeFou. I love Josh Gad. I love Josh Gad. Um, My only complaint with LeFou, well, there's two. The first one is, and I think this has been quite a common complaint, is that, do you know what? That LeFou sounds an awful lot like that snowman out of Frozen. <laughs> Chris, I loved, I loved when you tweeted that. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, yeah. I think the problem is, is that, um, and I mean, he didn't obviously know this, but Olaf becomes such an iconic character. I mean, it really sold Frozen. If it, you know, if that, if Let It Go had never become the kind of smash that it become, Everyone would have probably 
known Frozen for Olaf the Snowman. Completely yeah. stole that film. Um, and which is why he's the focus of like all the things they do else, you know, all the other spin-offs they do with Frozen. Um, but it's his own voice. I dare you to listen to the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack and not think it's him when you're listening to the LaFruz song. That's what I mean. It's impossible. Yeah. But even watching impossible. the film, even watching the film and, and seeing that's clearly not a talking snowman, I'm like, is that a talking snowman? <laughs> um, but I, again, I thought it was great work. I mean, I think he's a good actor anyway. Um, all, very good comic timing. Um, you know, I'm sure some of the stuff he did was, was ad-libbed as well. Um, but he's such an entertaining character to watch. Now, the other complaint is, and the thing that's caused it to not already make half a billion dollars at the box office, um, is the gayness. Did you, can I ask, did you turn homosexual while watching it? Absolutely. Because that was what they were saying... I found the nearest man that was available, which on a, at 12 o'clock uh, on, a, on a Friday, there wasn't many to choose from, uh, but made sure I stuck my tongue right in his mouth. Um, what was quite funny is that there's, there was a few scenes in the film. That, right, so going back to your original review, Chris, and, you, and you know, you, you talked about this before it broke. Mm. So when we recorded the episode, you had said that you thought that the character of LeFou was gay and it was, uh, you know, a couple of things that, you know, might have been seen as gay in the film. Mm. But about two days after we recorded that podcast, they then come out and said, first openly gay character in a Disney film. Mm. Then the uproar started. Um, if you're uh, a Bible-bashing American, um, it, would, it would mostly seem anyway. Um, so... I was looking, I was watching the film going, when is this moment going to happen? And a couple of, there was a couple of red herrings and I thought, and it got right to the end of the film. I was like, have they cut something out? I thought that. Because I mean, it's what, the last seven seconds of the film? Yeah. You know, it's like Naina Cherry herself had decided when this scene was going to be put in the film. Seven seconds from the end. Um, and I was like, oh, that must be it. And that was that was as far as I thought. And to be honest, I think had they not, so that we've been discussing this at home, had they not come out and said about this gay moment or that the character was was you know the openly the first openly gay character in a Disney film, I'm not sure how many people would have picked up on it. Mm. I don't think it would have become the thing that it did. Now, my wife. She says, why do they have to do that? Why do they have to announce it? Because of, you know, the attitude, you know, because of the negativity it's, it's brought with it. I mean, it's not come out in Malaysia yet. That's been postponed for, for example. Um, and I don't think you can see it in Alabama in a few cinemas. Um, but I said, I, you know, if you flip that around, what's sad is they have to announce it. Mm. They don't kind of acknowledge it then in some ways that's, that's almost worse. But it's the fact that we're in you know, the year 2017 and we're still at a stage in life where that's a big deal. And, and it really didn't, you know, it, it, it was almost a, a, a nothing seen, really, in, in, in what the hype around it's brought. Um, 
And I think it's a real shame because like, there are lots of people who have turned around and said, I will not be seeing this film or I will not take my kids to see this film. Uh, I mean, in Russia, has it got like an 18 or something certificate? What? Honestly, when this story broke, the, of this big gay Ferrari thing, literally people were tagging me in things on Facebook and saying, right, right, this, this man here, he has seen the film. He will tell us how gay it is and whether our children can watch the film. And see, honestly, people were tagging me because I'd written the review on it and, and they probably listened to the show as well. And were, were trying to get me to be the arbiter as to whether they should take their children to go and see it. And I was getting quite a lot of like, like really strong Christian American people tagging me in things and sending me questions and, you know, and it's such a non thing, isn't it, in the film? It makes, you know, I mean, do you know what I mean? It's not a big deal. Well, there's a cross dressing. So there's a there's a bit in the film where the um, the wardrobe dresses a couple of the villagers up as women. Oh, they looked delightful, didn't they? I think they did. And so I thought at first, oh, is that the gay moment? Because that's obviously quite late in the film as well. But I don't even think LeFou and the guy he dances with actually even hold hands. I think they just get into position to dance. Well, they they, they face each other, really. But do you know what I mean? It's like Bambi, where the mother gets killed. That's a big moment. This is is nothing, isn't it? Really, it's it's a non-story. It's just something that's been blown way out of proportion. Oh, and the cynic in me, the cynic in me thinks that Disney themselves have, have fanned the flames of this whole thing to make to get ticket sales. Surely but, not. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, the only thing that that really appeals to is you know what they used to refer to as the pink pound in the UK, at least. You know, trying mm. to get that. You know the, the gay community to to kind of swarm towards it. Now let's be honest, it's a Disney film, it's a musical. Do they really have to try that hard to get gay people to go and see it? I'm sure they would have <laughs> found just, it by themselves. Yeah, I'm I'm less offended by the gayness than I am about the suggestion that Disney would do something for commercial purposes. <laughs> you know, that that offends me deeply. <laughs> But do you, know, like, do you know what I mean? It, it just, as you say, it seemed like such a non-thing, and it's a shame because, as I said, like the amount of people that, even now, people have seen the film and gone, ah, you know, this scene is nothing. Like this scene is not going to stop you enjoying the film. People are uh, are so kind of uh, blindsided by their beliefs, their views, that it's still wrong. And but you know, if you go back and watch the original one, do you not get the feeling that LeFou's gay in that anyway? Absolutely. That's yeah. that's a thing they've not re- all they've done. Nothing's like changed. The the just put him dancing with a boy what? at the end. They've emphasised my, my my gaydar is definitely broken. LeFou and and the original one gay. My God, I'm the way, shocked. <laughs> the way I look at it, and the way I I, I described this weekend with the wife is that in the cartoon as well, is that LeFou and Gaston are essentially Smithers and Mr. Burns. Yeah. And she said to me, but Smithers was always gay. I said, no, he wasn't. I said, if you what? I said, that, there was a, quite a famous episode of Simpsons where Smithers came out as being gay. Now, the fact that for the first 10, 11, 12 seasons, I can't remember what, 
season it was that he came out. But for all of those seasons, for him to, for everyone to believe he was gay because of how he behaved around Mr. Burns, but he wasn't openly gay. You either saw that or you didn't. That was pretty much it. And most people saw that. But so all this has done is just kind of, you know, that's what you thought you were correct to think that. That's all that's really done for that. It's really just put the emphasis on that situation. Um, and, you know... Maybe, I, but... Eh. You may be right, Nick, but that's the last LeFou's brew that's going to pass my lips. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Well, it's, it's going to bring something else now. If you get your face <laughs> stuck into a LeFou's brew. Um, but... Um, on that, I mean, I th- I, yeah, I think, I think it's sad. I do think it's sad that it's it's caused the the kind of controversy. It did. There was a great article. I don't know if you guys saw it about a woman who'd cancelled her trip to Disney World um, yes. because <laughs> you know of of uh, Disney supporting uh, gay people. And I was like, uh, hello, have you been to Disney World? Because I, I imagine. <laughs> Um, you know, quite a lot of because the thing, it, what I think, what makes you laugh with that as well, with people that make those kind of statements, is they think that everybody that's gay is a certain acts in a certain way, like is really um, flamboyant and over the top. Like your Cameron from Modern Family is quite over the top. Not every gay person's like that at all. We probably all know somebody who's gay. Sorry, probably all know somebody who is gay that we may not even know is gay. Or didn't realise they were gay until they told you that. Do you know what I mean? Because surprisingly enough, gay people are normal people as well. They just have a different preference. Did you see that list someone did of the gayest Disney characters? I wish I had. I can't remember the list off the top of my head, but it had like different characters from all the different Disney films throughout the years that are said to be possibly gay. And then right at the bottom it put, and every character in Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) that's understandable let's be honest but um and and the thing is like i said i said earlier like uh bar bashing christians right now i'm atheist i'm quite open about that i i was christened when i was little but i've not been religious for a hell of a long time um and and not all christians are uh you know actually care about people being gay or not there, there is a sect that do, and, and, and that's fine. And, you know, if you are, you know, what I'd refer to as a Bible-bashing Christian, look, I'm not having a pop. That's your choice and your prerogative. You know, whatever your religious stance is, that's your own personal choice. If you really can't have it in your um, in your life to support anything that features a gay character or um, might support gay people, whatever it is, that's your choice, and you know I I might think that's sad, but that's your belief, and and that's fine. But I I do think it's a shame that people are boycotting this film uh, for actually nothing. And in fact, yeah. I'm sure those people, if they didn't know that uh, this was the situation, probably wouldn't have even noticed that scene. To be honest, it's so blinking you'll miss it. Some yeah, people know haven't so, actually seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's so mild. I mean, hmm. and they've I mean Disney. I'm pretty sure have flirted with, you know, this sort these this sort of humour before. Um, I'm thinking about Pirates of the Caribbean, where a couple of the pirates dress up in women's clothes and they're kind of prancing around, things like that. So it isn't the first time that they've had 
characters dressing up and you know skirting around the issue a little bit. Oh my god! Um, I mean, I have to watch. Well, and not not so much now, but I used to have to watch Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse. The number of times, the number of episodes I could count where Pete dresses up as a woman. I mean, it happened nearly every episode. You would think he's like based on Eddie Izzard or something. The amount of cross-dressing he does. It's, it's thing, ridiculous. The thing is, the people that are very, very vocal about this gay character and how offensive it is, they're constantly banging on about it. And it, it's, it's, and I don't want to compare it too much to Trump, but when you take Trump, for example, the people that kept moaning about Trump during the election, they don't realise that the more they keep talking about him, the more they're advertising him. Yep. Yeah. Do, you know what I'm, do you know what I mean? So the more they keep saying, oh, this film is so terrible, it has a gay character the more they're advertising it on their social media. So they're doing the opposite, really, of what they're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Because they're saying, this film is terrible, don't go see it, and they keep banging on about it. But actually what they're doing is they're just announcing it to all of their people on social media constantly, Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast. That's it. Yeah, you, can, you can bet for every person who boycotted it, there's probably three who went to see it just to see yeah. what all of us was about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you look at the figures, which um, I've got them here, well, we'll talk, 170 million yep. opening weekend, seventh highest ever. I mean, that's, you know, that's staggering, isn't it? Well, it, it was interesting because yeah. I was going to come to that. Um, when, the, when the figures came out for Thursday and Friday, it looked like it was going to fall a little bit short. Well, actually, quite a bit short. Um, they were comparing it to Batman vs Superman, which opened up pretty much the same weekend a year ago. Mm-hmm. So they were putting it into that, and that opened up to about, I think, 160 million. So the figures for Thursday and Friday were actually quite a bit behind uh, Batman Superman. Um, but as you say, you know, figures in from the entire weekend, um, and, and it's it's reached 170, so it's it's beating it, which I'm glad about because let's be honest, you know, other unless your name's Lee Malaby, who actually liked Batman versus Superman, <laughs> people named Martha, and that's about it. Um, you know, it's, it was a bit of a flash in the pan in terms of that. And I, but I think that the, the, what'll be interesting is what happens next because um, Batman Superman had quite a big drop the next weekend, and superhero films can do that. So. Unless it's something like uh, the first Avengers or uh, Iron Man 3, for example, they had quite good runs. But like Avengers 2, there was quite a, a steep drop the second week because the word of mouth wasn't very good. Now, what I have seen with Beauty and the Beast so far is uh, quite a lot positive, but those, those people that were positive about it have already seen it more than once. Mm-hmm. Well, factoring in yesterday's figures as well and the worldwide gross, it's up to 350 million now. Wow. In four days. So, in four days. So, it's already got back its budget and all, probably all of its marketing and profit in four days. And it's not even open, it's not open in France yet. I don't think it's open in Japan yet. Yeah, there's a lot of big markets that's not open yet. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I, I still think Star Wars is going to beat it, but that's... that's. No, I don't problem. think it will. I've said it <laughs> when I first saw the film, highest grossing film of the year, and I stand by that. Fast 8 is coming yeah. out next month. Um, 
Right, so uh, we talked about the main characters. It's my guilty yeah. pleasure, right? Just last, last thing on the gayness. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was people boycotting. I wonder if it would be easier to get an EDR for Be Our Guest. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Get in there quick. Depends if they put in there or not. Um, so we talked about the human characters. Um, what did people think about the beast? I didn't like him. Didn't like the look of him or didn't like the, um, the acting? I didn't like the look of him, but I appreciated the effort with the CGI. This, by the way, this, isn't, this isn't therapy. This isn't therapy, by the way. You don't have to like try and make everything a compliment. <laughs> but I appreciate this. There you go. I did, I did appreciate that there wasn't an awful lot that they could have done with it because they didn't want to make make it like too much you know what i mean so i I appreciated the cgi but i just didn't warm to the beast in the animated one i love beast okay okay but i just didn't feel the same way and i I think i don't like um the guy that plays him dan stevens okay yeah i think i just i just didn't like I'm sure he's really good in other things. I haven't seen him in anything else, so I don't know. But I just didn't warm to him playing that character. Go and check out The Guest. I think he's still on Netflix. It's a, it's a pretty good 80s mashup kind of film. That's, that's pretty good. Um, Mr. D, what, what was your take on, on The Beast? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's there's a CGI thing, and there's no getting away with from that and you get you get positives and negatives with that so some of the expressions that you could get on the beast were far greater than maybe you got with the animated film but in contrast to the live characters it does look cgi like at times especially the face it didn't bother me that much um but talking about dan stevens i did I don't know, I did feel a bit sorry for him, really, because I don't... I think he got a bit of a raw deal. You know, you, you see him for, like, I don't know, 30 seconds at the beginning of the film, and then he's CGI beast for most of it, which, let's be honest, isn't really going to challenge his acting skills that much, I don't think. And then at the end, if you if you watch him at the end, he's just got the smiley, dancey... Um, kind of love-struck, glazed expression on his face for the two or three minutes that he's actually in the film. So I don't think he's—I don't think it's really going to stretch his acting skills that much. But that's probably going to be true for anybody that that takes the part, I suppose. So I didn't mind Dan Smith, but um, and I didn't—I didn't mind the Beast. But there were just times when you were aware it was—it was CGI, and it just jarred a little bit with the live-action characters. Okay. I, I actually, um, I thought he was good. I, I didn't think he was uh, exceptional, but I thought he did a, a good, a good enough job. Um, mm-hmm. I did love his um, he, he, when he turned back into human form. It just cracked me up. I think it was the hair. I know he had to have that hair, but um, I don't know. It just, uh, I, I wasn't that impressed with with the hair. Um, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Um, I, th- I think he did a good enough job as he did as he could do. And I, I actually liked the effects on the beast. I actually thought they did a, a really good job. I especially liked it when he had to smile. 
Mm, uh, to, to be more to be more warm to Bell. Yeah. Um, but no, I I thought they they did a really good job. In fact, the only CGI I didn't really uh, like that much was the wolves. I wasn't that impressed with those. Um, I don't think they looked as good as they did in the Jungle Book. I know they were, like there were different creatures, but you know if you took the animals out of that film, I don't mm. think they looked as good in, in Beauty and the Beast. Um, but no, I thought he, he did a decent enough job. But um, at yeah. the um, screening, uh, Josh Gads got the job of introducing Dan Stevens, and he went. Um, and the man that ruined Downton Abbey's Christmas, Dan Stevens. <laughs> That's right. Because I mean, I never watched, yeah. I never watched Downton, but I know, I know he got killed off in that Christmas episode because uh, the wife. Oh, is oh so, Nick. Uh, no spoilers. No Spo- yeah. no it spoilers. Was only because spoilers. Don't, don't anybody tell me anything? Don't anybody tell me anything? We're on series four of Downton Abbey. Okay, I've invested. What? God knows how many hours of my life. Yeah, we started You're watching joking. it about two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, yeah. He, died, he died in series but, three. But I know he died. I know he died because <laughs> I opened up the TV guide and there he was and it said he died. And I thought, <laughs> thanks a freaking bunch. I've still got three series to go and I know and Kerry doesn't. So well, if she ever pisses me off, I'm just going to say, and Dan just dies. If you, want, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to really but, ruin the day for her, just turn around and say to the last episode of Downton Abbey, uh, mm-hmm. Dame Maggie Smith goes on a machete killing spree. <laughs> upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> Who, who's his, his illegitimate son? <laughs> no, but did anybody notice that when Beast is at the beginning, you've got Beast with fangs, and then you've got kind of lovey dovey Beast, and the fangs disappear? Did anybody else notice that? Hmm. No. And, then, and then and then you've got Beast fighting um, Gaston, and the fangs reappear again. So you've got kind of lovey-dovey Beast without the fangs, and you've got angry Beast with the fangs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and see it again um, in 3D this time, mm. but I'm gonna watch for that. But I did I'm sure I noticed that that the fangs are they kind of soften his look mm. during that phase where they're you know. Getting to know one another. Getting to the, know you. The biggest surprise for me was that famous Scott uh, Ewan McGregor was bloody Luminaire. Well, this Luminaire. was this is where I was going to go to well, next. Yeah. So, what a segue, Mr. Ripley. Uh, because we talked <laughs> about the human actors, uh, except Kevin Klein. Do we need to really talk about Kevin Klein? No, Kevin Klein was no we don't. He was good, but that was it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about the objects, because <laughs> this was, I think, a lot of people's biggest issues other than Bell. No one was really bothered about Gaston or LeFou or anyone else or the Beast, but people were really worried about the objects because they are quite different looking to mm. the animated versions, especially Lumiere, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, um, I once I got used to the look of the characters, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, my wife hated... Ewan McGregor's crappy French accent. Aww. I really enjoyed his French accent. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I th- the thing is, the way I, the, what I said to her was, to me, it's what a French person sounds like speaking English. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It didn't sound like an English person putting on an accent. It sounded more like a French-speaking person speaking English. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that necessarily. 
Um, But, yeah, I mean, Lumiere and Cogsworth, obviously, in the same way they were in the cartoon, they were kind of the main uh, inanimate objects that were were, uh, animated. Um, And I actually, I liked both of them. I really enjoyed both of them. Yeah, my my wife, she has got a soft spot for Lumiere because it was one of her favourite characters in the film. And she's actually got a little collection of Lumiere pins. So when she first saw Lumiere in the trailer, she she was a bit annoyed about about it, you thought. But then actually, uh, by the end of the film, you know, she'd come around really and uh, was, was pretty happy with the character. And I think you know the thing is it's it's supposed to be a, a a live action film, so in the cartoon it was very easy to make a cartoon clock. Mm. You know, Cogsworth doesn't really look like you know if you think about it in the cartoon it doesn't really look like a clock. Lumiere kind of looks like a candelabra. That's about it. But they had to really try and make these objects appear realistic, and I think they did an excellent job of that. Um, and Mrs. Potts now. Um, the big controversy with Mrs. Potts is the fact that her face was now on the side of the teapot compared to the front of the Mm. uh, the cartoon. And Mm. I actually really liked her after I'd kind of got over that initial uh, surprise of the new design, but I thought Emma Thompson was really good. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think she's always good. Yeah, but I mean, she was. I've never seen her as a teapot before, and I think she did a teapot really well. Yeah. You know, there's not many people that could turn a teapot into a, a good character. I, I really liked. Um, I, I really liked them. I really liked it, obviously. Again, spoilers alert if you've never seen Beauty and the Beast, as my cousin hadn't until the other day, and she's still what? not seen a car. Yeah, still not seen a cartoon. Uh, I've, I've, so I've, I've had a word with her. Don't worry. Shine, if you're listening, uh, you can come around oh, and watch it with us. We've got we've got the 3D version of the cartoon, so you can come around and watch the 3D version. But um, when they became uh, human, uh, I, I loved the looks and I loved what they 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 did with those characters. No, it's similar to what they did with the cartoon, but you could you know you could really see how they looked like the objects that they they were, especially Cogsworth's uh, moustache. And um, the uh, the piano, um, what harpsichord wasn't it? Uh, the harpsichord where his teeth, some of his teeth were missing, where yeah. he shot those out at people during the fight, <laughs> so he didn't have all his teeth there because obviously he wouldn't do. But I thought they did that really well. And um, and oh my god, the the feather duster, she was hot. No wonder Lumiere was, <laughs> kept going after her. Humding, I did not see that coming. Um, but uh, it led to one of my favourite bits in the, in the whole film, which I'd enjoyed to that part anyway, which was when the villagers... Because that was the other thing as well. It, it, it explained a lot of plot holes, and one of them was why no one realised there was this castle there or where all these missing people were. It's because the spell that had been put on the castle had also affected the villagers as well. Uh, and when uh, Cogsworth was reunited with his wife and he wanted to be turned back into a clock again... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> really cracked me up. My daughter was like, why are you laughing, Daddy? And I was like, don't worry, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it really, really tickled me. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm glad we all kind of liked those as well. Um, so yeah, so, so what I liked about the film so much and why I said at the beginning I think it's better than the cartoon is because 
to me, it fills in so many gaps that were left with the cartoon. If you go back and watch it, and it's a, it's still a great animated film, I'm not saying it isn't, but there's just so many things that they have been able to expand in the film, in a live-action film, that now explain some of those uh, plot holes in the cartoon. And Chris, you, you uh, on the After Dark Facebook page, put a link to an article about some mm. of those, those things. And in fact, I think they missed a few out as well, actually. But they, they, they picked up on the key ones. And that, to me, is one of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much, is because it explained and went into more detail about these things. Um, even, like, the library. Uh, you know, the, in fact, it wasn't a box... box it wasn't a bookstore, it was a library. And the fact that um, the reason why people looked so down at Belle uh, as being a, a weirdo was because she she dared read as a woman um, when none of the other girls in the village were, were given the opportunity to learn to read, for example. Things like that. It was those things that they kind of expanded on, which I think really added to the, the whole overall story. Oh, Belle's mother. Mm. Oh my God, the crying! Just, just, uh, just a great, a great scene. I mean, somebody, I was, I was having an argument with somebody on, on our Facebook group the other day, because um, she said, I, "I'm not seeing the film because I don't like it. I've heard the soundtrack, I've read the novelisation, I don't like what they're putting." I'm like, "Whoa, hang on a second. because to me anyway, hearing the soundtrack or something to watching a film is out of context. It's different if you've watched the film and then listened to the soundtrack. But if you listen to the soundtrack, you're not seeing it with the visuals. And that's the point. Um, and when you read a novelisation of a film, quite often some of those details are changed. So some things that will appear in a novelisation which are based on a, an early draft of the script won't be in the final film. Happens quite a lot with uh, film titans. Um, but her big thing was this thing about the, the, the book and going to see Belle's mother. She was like, well, it's just not necessary. What's the point of it? No need for it. And it's like, yes, because it gives you more background on how she's become the woman she's become. You know, and the sense of loss and everything. And I think, you know, it's a a very short scene, a couple of minutes out of the film. Um, But I think, again, it just adds much more depth to the entire production. Um, Yeah, just just loved that. Um, But soundtrack, going to soundtrack... We go to what you said earlier, Amanda. You didn't like the new songs. No. Well, maybe I was a bit harsh. I feel a bit mean now. The good songs, they are good. I just didn't like them. I think it's very... When you're remaking a film and you've got all the songs in from that film, I think it's very hard, and I, I, I personally found it hard as well, listening to new songs which you know weren't in your childhood film yeah like remember when they brought the the animated one out and then they brought out a different edition of it yep and it had human again in it yep yep exactly and it it doesn't sit right because it's not what you're used to so exactly that's how i felt and i I was watching it and I was like, I don't, I don't hate this, but I hate that these. I, I don't know the song. This isn't, this isn't it, being in the beats. It's, un, it's unfamiliar, uh, and I, yeah. and I get that. I get that. Chris, um, you mm. talked about this when you saw it. Um, 
these new songs, they're, they're written by Alan uh, Meekin, weren't they, as well? Yes. Were any of those new songs from the Broadway no. production? So these were brand new for the film, because I know the they Broadway were... added some new songs as well, didn't it? They did, um, but these were entirely written specifically for this film, and all of the new lyrics and arrangements were all done specifically for this film. Yeah. Um, I just I just wondered if if anything from the Broadway, the additions to Broadway carried over, um, but yeah I mean that's it I mean that 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 was my only kind of negative I think out of the whole film, um, mm-hmm. it's just that those new songs are, are so new they don't sit in the lexicon, yeah. and I'm sure um, that when I when I rewatch it I'll I'll really like them because they are they are they're not rubbish they're not rubbish songs yeah. they are good songs, I think it was just that I wasn't expecting them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sat in the cinema singing along to all the songs and then these new songs come on and I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. But well, I, I, I do think that. when I rewatch it, uh, I'll enjoy the new songs more. So I, I do feel a bit mean for what I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I think people are entitled to that opinion, absolutely. And so I, I, I completely understand. But I think that's the thing. I think everyone here... Uh, and I mean, look. Let's be honest. There, there are people that have gone to see this film. Some people who are excited for it. Some people who weren't excited for it. They've gone to see it and have gone. You know what? I didn't like it. And that's that's also mm. fine because not everyone's going to like this. But um, you know, I think we've all sat here and gone. We will see this film again. Yeah. And it's it's very rare for me to go to cinema again. I mean, it's, it, you know, I've got the excuse that my daughter wants to go again, so it'll make it a little bit easier. Um, or the fact that now I've got my unlimited cards uh, for Cineworld, that, you know, if I want to go on a day off, then, I, you know, I've only got to entertain myself. Um, but, you know, this is a film that I want to go and see again at the cinema. And if I, even if I don't get a chance to see it again during its cinema release, that will be being bought as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. So we'll Maybe. watch that again and again um and i didn't see it in 2d and i know mr d you said that um you'd like to go and see it in 3d um yeah. i've heard i've heard um both good i've heard mainly good uh reviews actually of the 3d version kind of added into it and and the b uh be our guest scene especially is supposed to uh work really well in 3d so um yeah i couldn't smell the apple pie though <laughs> that is that is the only thing they should have done a scratch and sniff version oh yeah that's a good point. Did you see the grey stuff was bloody caviar? Yes. Was it? What the yeah, hell? Why? Yeah. I noticed that. That's going to stop the sale of cupcakes. See, we it... all know that's buttercream frosting. <laughs> well, it's quite funny. When you when you said that on the last show, when you reviewed it yourself, and you said about the grey stuff, and I think somebody said it was bogey. Was it bogeys? Mm. Or something. And you said, yeah, it's, it's not very very nice. I was like thinking, God, what is it? And I saw his caveat. I was like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to suddenly start wanting to go and try the grey stuff, but you know, it could have been worse, I suppose. <laughs> well, you're not going to want a caviar flavoured cupcake, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. could, have been, could have been oysters or something, I suppose. But uh, Even worse. There you go. But yeah, <laughs> So, I, see, I mean, I think, I think um, you know, whilst we may not all think it's perfect. We may not all think it's better than the, the uh, animated film. I think all of us here were impressed with the film. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's well-deserved of the 
the box office takings it's it's done so far, and I I hope it continues to be a massive smash for them. I think they've done really mm. really well. I think it will. One thing we... it was so it was a beautifully made film. I think Emma Watson was amazing in it, and I think one hundred million percent I would marry Gaston. <laughs> Mr. D, your, is that your view of Gaston? Is that what you was going to say? You was going to also marry Gaston? I probably, mine. I probably wouldn't marry Gaston. But, but, but that's just me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know if your, um, has your daughter's seen it yet? No, she hasn't. No, not yet. She's been working hard in uh, the Rose and Crown. She's just, uh, she's just completing her server training. So she's oh. looking to make big bucks and tips. Um, <laughs> So when she gets a couple of days off, she's going to go and see it. But um, one thing I I just wanted to say was that I thought Disney were really quite smart. Uh, although they did add some little pieces of depth, and although they added like a couple of new songs, they did fundamentally keep it the same as mm. the animated version in, in the story. And I think that was actually quite smart. Oh, absolutely. I think if they tried to depart too much from what people know and love, they would have got in trouble pretty quick. Yeah. No, agreed. And, uh, I mean, on that note, I mean, obviously, even the clothing was was obviously very similar, um, Mm -hmm. except for at the end. And my daughter now has asked, she went into the Disney store and saw the 50-quid version of the dress that Belle wears right at the end, the new white dress with the flowers on. Um, We didn't buy her that that day because it's a ludicrous amount to spend on a dress for a little little girl. But I believe that uh, um, one of the big supermarkets has their own version of that dress in their fancy dress uh, outfit section. So uh, that's where we'll be getting ours from. A little tip for parents out there. If you've been uh, begged to buy a £50 dress at the Disney store, there are cheaper versions of that available. We now have to briefly interrupt the podcast to have a few words from our sponsors. Hey, Diz After Dark listeners. I want to invite you all to join us over on ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. ScareZone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hotty, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to scarezone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on Scarezone. Right, so it's it's time to talk about the other sponsor we have uh, for the Arthur Dark Podcast Network. And gents, if you were thinking as you, you have done previously and you will do again, if you was thinking about uh, booking a trip to you know one of the parks that we've talked about, who would you think of of asking, or, or at least approaching? Well, there's only Wendy. one name. One name that springs to mind only. Wendy. So Wendy's so famous, she's only got one name, like Madonna or Cher. Well, it's not actually true. She has she has two because. That she's got a surname as well, which is Pratter. So, of course, Wendy Pratter at Magical, Magical Journey Journeys. Travels. It's so, we're so well prepared with this. It's like we've been practicing all day, finishing off each other's 
sentences. Sandwiches! For God's sake. This is totally unorganised. But, we may be unorganised, but Wendy is not. Oh, smooth. You see? That's I love what how you did that. That's what she's there for. Um, I'm a big fan of your work. Oh, well, we're a big fan of Wendy's work, which is which is the point, more than that. Um, you know, whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved, and I think we can all attest to that. Yep. And our burgers yep. are good as well. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, and of course, now with Magic Bands, everything else is even more complex. I mean, geez, the last time I went, it was much easier than it is nowadays. So, you know, Wendy can be the person to take away that pain of getting a reservation for Be Our Guest. Where, friend of the show, that Florida guy, just tried, tried the grey stuff. Yeah. Hasn't reported back yet as to what it tasted like. Um, and, you know, you could try and get a fast pass for Anna and Elsa. Now, if us mere uh, muggles or, or mortals uh, tried to get a fast pass for Be Our Guest or Anna and Elsa meet and greets, how successful do you think we would be? Well, I've already failed. I didn't get I didn't get an idea for be our guest. See. So I wish I'd I wish I'd gone to Wendy for that one. Wendy. Not just the home of good burgers, but the mm-hmm. home of good travel planning. So yeah. visit Wendy at WPMagicJourneys.com or you can contact her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys. And of course, if you mention that you heard one of our amazing podcasts uh, and that's how you got to uh, to hear of Wendy. Uh, she'll give you $25 off your deposit for any trip package. And uh, our own Mr. Ripley at the moment has been on a one of the Disney cruises. And uh, she's able to offer generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Something to bear in mind. So if you are thinking of, uh, of you know, making a trip before you go anywhere else, go and find Wendy Pratt at Magical Journeys Travels. WPMagicJourneys.com Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you'll feel like a prat. <laughs> <laughs> and now, back to the show. Um, but, talking about Disney World and talking about Beauty and the Beast, um, we'll go into our news bit now, only uh, an hour and a bit into the show. But did you see the news that uh, at Disney Springs and actually in Disney World on Friday, they had a special guest? Yes. So going back and talking about the man who for many did steal the film, Josh Gad not only turned up at Be Our Guest as a guest, but he also uh, went to... um, talk at the start of a few of the screenings at Disney Springs as well. Nice. I love him. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Because that's not press commitment. They've done their press tour. They've gone around the world and stuff. That's what I mean. I think he genuinely loves... He he always appears that he loves what he does. Has anyone seen the videos he's done? He's making um, (laughs) the Emma Thompson connection of her ex-partner, uh, Kenneth Branagh, um, they're doing a remake of Murder on the Orient Express. Mm. And they've been filming that in mm. London. And Josh Gad has been making videos with um, 
Jesus, what's her bloody name? I can't believe I've just forgotten it. Ray from Star Wars. Daisy, oh, yeah. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley, yeah. Got my friends. I've met her. We've had pictures together. Um, they, yeah, he was on set and he was taking, he was get, uh, getting her on video trying to answer uh, questions about episode eight. And he made a series oh, of about three or yeah, four videos them. of him asking, trying to get her to reveal plot details. They're so good. I mean, she's she's obviously she's a good actress and a good egg because uh, she was quite composed during it and, and played up to it. Um, although the last one where uh, everybody got involved, including Chris Pratt and J.J. Abrams, about asking her questions about episode eight, um, she did kind of lose it a little bit at the end. Um, but uh, at that po- uh, up until that point, he'd been quite composed. But he's obviously just a man that just likes to have fun, you know. Yeah. Could you say that he's a bit gay? In a happy way. Yeah. In a happy way. In a very happy way. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the gayest episode of Disaster Dark, and and Craig's not even here. So, yeah, exactly. can, you, can you imagine? We'd be off the charts. Be off we the charts. Be. <laughs> um, so th- that was that was my news. Amanda, um, you brought something to our attention just before we come on air that you wanted to yeah. discuss. Well, I don't know much about it because not much has been released. But Disney released a blog earlier in the week where they shared a picture of a structure, well, two structures mm. in the new Star Wars yeah. land. And it's going to be... I didn't know how to say this because, as we all know, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Um, but they are assets. And you're going to be able to ride inside of them, I'm imagining, in well, some way. But well, it's like a metal structure, so I don't know how. Well, I, I'm not sure because, I, I mean... I, I, I'm, I'm kind of going back now because I've not been for a while, but didn't they have an attack outside of Star Tours? They did. Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure if these are going to be different or if these are just going to be fancy garden ornaments that are going to be sitting inside Star Wars land. No, it says that it's a ride. What? Yeah, it says that you'll, you'll go in them. Holy cow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Wow, okay. So that's why I'm like, how? Because it, it just looks like a metal structure to me. Can you imagine if it's a bit like a donkey ride? <laughs> you know, well, you get, you'd get down the seaside, like you have to give a carny two quid. And then it's you, quick, huh? yeah, you, you jump inside an attack, it gets walked around a field really slowly. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> they, I don't know, maybe they are just going to be decorations like for the ride. I don't know. But even if they're, you know, even if they're not, a ride, the fact that it says that you can go in them suggests that, you know, because the ones there are purely ornamental. So maybe these are ones that, you know, they will have made into a a thing that you can walk around. A little bit like, I suppose, it could be like the uh, Jules Verne Nautilus mm. uh, at Disneyland Paris, where you just you walk on and you can see, you know, different bits and pieces and, you know, experience what it was like to be in one kind of thing. But uh, I mean, they're iconic characters, aren't they, for Star Wars? Mm. I guess. Could be like a simulator, I guess. Mm. It's not your structures. It's Disney, not Universal. Yeah, I know. Well, how many simulators are they going to have? Yeah. Um, Clearly, loads, because that's what Avatar is. 
Well, speaking of Avatar. Speaking of Avatar, <laughs> they're going to have the only so far quick service restaurant in Disney where you can order from your mobile. You can order it now. Something's <laughs> ringing. Ring me. Um, so you can order from your mobile. So rather than waiting in a quick service queue, you'll order from your phone. You'll still need to queue up a little bit because you'll have to kind of go back to a window to go and collect it. But I think that's pretty exciting. Oh, so it's not like a wimpy then. Well, There's no Olympic breakfast, unfortunately. <laughs> or Benderburger. Oh, but there is something else at this new restaurant, which is called, is it Satu Lee Canteen? Is, am yeah. I saying that right? They're going to have bear buns there. Pardon? And Yeah, I, I discovered these in Australia myself. And you can get them in England, but they're nowhere near as good. And they're basically these fluffy ball things full of goodness. And they're going to have them at that restaurant. Did you call them bear buns? Bear buns, yeah. Bear buns. Yeah. I've never heard of bear buns. B- B-A-O, buns. I thought that's what people did on Splash Mountain. But... <laughs> bear buns. And got chucked out of the park for it. <laughs> but I think I've had them at Food and Wine at Epcot before. Um, Wait, are they are they just like steamed, steamed dumpling kind of buns? Like... That you get into yeah, they're really fluffy, like marshmallow fluffy, but they're savoury. And then they have things like pulled pork in them, or, or in this case, you've got cheeseburger or vegetable curry. Uh, yeah, I think I think Ash gets these. I've had yeah, those, they're really good. I've had those from oh, there's a there's a chain of uh, Oriental street food. I want to say Vietnamese street food. And they they're called something buns, yeah. But yeah, I've had I've had yeah. them with like a like a a pork, like a barbecue pork type filling inside. But it's it's like an Oriental barbecue pork instead. But yeah, mm. and an, an amazing coincidence that these aliens, hundreds of millions of light years away, coincidentally <laughs> happen to eat pulled pork yeah. as well. Pulled pork, yeah, and you and you can wash it down with a Bud Light as well. <laughs> so this idea for ordering off your mobile phone, I mean, not you know, I know Disney aren't always the first ones to innovate stuff, but isn't that what they just announced Weatherspoons can start doing? Um, yeah. I'm sure I read that the other day. You can order for, at Weatherspoons now. You're pining. Yeah. <laughs> but the only thing with this is you have you can only do it if you're going to pay with your credit card. Do they accept Apple Pay on uh, Navi? Mm. They accept Magic Bands. <laughs> it's the global currency. <laughs> the yeah. intergalactic currency. <laughs> and if you're on the dine and plan, you have to get in the in the queue. Wow. Yeah. Maybe they'll they'll change that after the first like trial of it, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Um but so far it just says that you can order on the app but you have to pay the credit card hmm. and I've still never seen Avatar what mm-hmm. Chris come around mine because the only honestly the only way to watch Avatar is in 3D 
If you watch it in 2D, it's terrible. If you watch it in 3D, <laughs> at least at least there's an extra dimension of fun. <laughs> Honestly, I've, I've I think I've said this before, but watching Avatar on normal TV, you just realise how bad it is. The 3D distracts you so much from how Ooh. from how bad that film. It's not it's not this bad film. It's just that it's, it's just unoriginal. Average. Yeah. 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 What, what was that guy called that was in it? Sam Worthington. Uh, yeah, I loved him in Clash of the Titans. No one loved Clash of the Titans. I liked Clash lie. of the Titans. I went to see that at the cinema. See, you don't Either like Paul Polk. You don't like pulled pork and you like Clash of the Titans. There's something wrong with you. But I can't eat pulled pork because it's made big. <laughs> you, no, no. You, you choose not to eat pulled pork. You, there's nothing physically stopping you except your brain. Except my brain and my emotionalness. Well, yes, okay, okay, fair enough. Um, Mr. Ripley, I think it was D anyway. Don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ripley, was there um, a story that came to your attention? Uh, not that I know of. Should there be? I don't know. Just, just, just throwing it out there. Um, I can't think of anything. I'll give this... you one. Okay, oh, go hello. on. It's Halloween theme. <laughs> yeah. And Disney. Coco. Yeah, well, so this is interesting. I'm glad you said this because we were talking about the fact that there were too many trailers for films earlier, weren't we? Uh-huh. Now, when I saw Beauty and the Beast, I saw a trailer for Coco. Did you? Did you see a trailer? You didn't see a trailer for Coco? No, the only um, trailer that I remember seeing was that Boss Baby one. I really like the look of that, by the way. I don't care. <laughs> I know I'm on my own for that one. Mr. D, did they show you uh, Coco when you were... Uh... No. No, they didn't. Okay. That wasn't one of the trailers. So, have you seen the trailer for Coco? No. I've not. Okay, Paul, uh, Chris, have you seen it? Yes. Now, what's the trailer that you saw? Uh, quite a long one. Yep. Um, it was quite long. Uh, it was so good, I pretty much wiped it from my memory. If it's the one uh, that I saw, it was a uh, boy was playing a guitar. He was watching a video one. of a of an old uh, an old singer. Yeah, I think, like, that's the one a Mexican I saw. Elvis or something. Um, okay, so that's the trailer that I saw online. They showed a trailer before um, before we saw Beauty and the Beast. And this one was completely different. It focused on the dog. What? So, you know, you see a a dog in the short... uh, You you see, like, his pet dog who's got Mm. a tongue that hangs out nearly the whole time. So, this trailer was about a dog and there was a bone. And the bone starts moving by itself. So, he's trying to chase after the bone. It was a little bit like the squirrely thing from Ice Age and oh, the yeah. acorn it was like it reminded me a little bit of that and uh, you know he goes all around chasing after this bone you know things start ha- keep happening and he goes into cactus plants and all this kind of stuff and at the end the bone reaches uh, a a walking skeleton and he's hmm. like oh this is mine and kind of puts it back then a dog kind of looks at him and then chases the skeleton because it's obviously just, uh, you know, a big pile of bones to him. And that was the trailer. And I was like, 
that's a completely different vibe to the one that they released online just before Beast and the Beast came out. Hmm. And it reminded me a little bit when Frozen came out because the only trailers I saw for Frozen were was one that had um, Sven and Olaf, and it was. Uh, it was on, I think they were on like a a lake of ice or something and the carrot was in the middle and and they were trying to both get to the carrot and you know they kept you know things kept happening to both of them I remember seeing that trailer and thinking this film looks terrible (laughs) I had no interest in seeing Frozen and had it not been for everyone like all the word of mouth being so strong I I wouldn't have bothered to see it Um, obviously glad I did but that was how this trailer felt to me and I thought it's not really selling the film to me. I thought it was uh, a bit poor, but it shows you how they try and uh, advertise films in different regions mm. as well. Um, I just watched Ghostbusters the other day, the new Ghostbusters film that came out last mm. year. And I remember seeing two trailers of that last year, an American one and an international one. And both of them were different. And one of them was half funny and the other one was not funny at all. And having watched the film, I actually enjoyed the film a lot, a lot more than I expected to. And those trailers ruined it. So it's funny mm. how how trailers can have that effect on you, actually. I think. Well, I'm dead excited about this film. Yeah, no, I mean, the concept of it, I think, is good. I do think that's good. So I think it's going to be fantastic. Mm. Um, the only bit of news I wanted to bring to the table um, is, and I didn't even notice it was a thing, is that um, Typhoon Lagoon has got a new ride. Yes. Yeah. Wait, you didn't know... Like, we talked about this on an episode. Uh, Maybe because of War Park, I, I just didn't care. Um, Probably. But, but, I mean, from what I've seen, it looks really good. Um, It's very mild. Yeah, okay. But it, it looks quite long. Yeah, I think I think Typhoon Lagoon needed this. Hmm. Yeah, because I think even their milder slides, like even their milder family slides, are, are still quite rough. So I think they definitely needed this, but um, I was down for like a thrill slide. But I'll get that at Volcano Bay, it's fine. <laughs> I think um, it looks, a, to me, it looks a little bit like a lazy river. Yeah. Yeah. With a, a few, you know, a little bit more a like rapids. a dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah, it looks... Quite fun. They had a family, like a family raft ride, and Typhoon Lagoon, but it was it was pretty naffy. It was too short. The one at Blizzard Beach is is good. It's much longer, and they did oh. need to do something at Typhoon Lagoon. I think. This, I think, this one's about two minutes long. Yeah. Yes, that's what. It, yeah, that's what it says. And it's got animatronics. Yes. What from the Scissor Sisters? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I liked her. What happened to Scissor Sisters? She just stands at the top waving at you. <laughs> well, she's got nothing better to do. Yeah. Why didn't they theme it to something, though, like Phineas and Ferb or um, Moana or... Yeah, Moana would be good. Yeah, they could have, I suppose. I've been listening to the Moana soundtrack all week. I've still not seen it. I, I haven't seen the film. I've just come from the soundtrack. To be fair, though, I've listened to most of the soundtrack to Hamilton which is the musical that Lin-Manuel Miranda became famous off of which got him the Moana gig and obviously Mary Poppins Returns um, and I mean that's that's pretty damn good that, I can't wait to see that on stage 
But um, yeah, Moana's out in a couple of weeks over here, isn't it? It's out in America yeah. already, but it's it's out on home release in about a week's time. I gotta say that was one where oh, I saw the trailer for Moana long before it came out in the cinema, and I thought I'm not going to go and see that. That looks utterly pants. <laughs> but, but then it got you know it came out sort of Hawaiian pants, but when it came out it got good reviews. So uh, yeah, that's how I felt. Like I I didn't yeah. go and see it at the cinema because I thought I don't I don't think I'll be into that really, but I just happened across the soundtrack on Spotify. And I can't yeah. stop listening to it, so I am going to buy it when it comes out and watch it. It's good. It's good. We oh. did go and see it. I went somewhat reluctantly. Sat there with a petted lip for the first ten minutes, and then and then actually quite enjoyed myself. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's not it's not the best, but it's very very good. And the song. What's, what's the crab guy like? Because I really like his song. Um, the crab he's, guy. He's from. Oh, good. He's from uh, Flight of the Concords. And if you don't know what Flight of the Concords is, Amanda, that's your mission. Flight of the Concords are brilliant. They did a they did two series on HBO, and they're two New Zealand uh, actors who are also musicians, and they've done some cracking songs. And the show itself is pretty damn funny. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you some videos. Um, but uh, yeah, and also go and listen to uh, Alexander Hamilton from the Hamilton soundtrack. It is amazing. Um, yes, I'm all about musicals. In this gay-centric <laughs> episode of This After Dark, non-gay people can also like musicals too. Um, I think that's probably about it. I don't think there's anything else anyone wanted to talk about, was there? Nope. Not really, but you mentioned Volcano Bay and... You know, just learn... Remember that advert about the man who married the sex kitten as she turned into the cat, right? So, when you hear me plan a Florida holiday... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? 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 A man man married... What? what? Do you not remember that? It was an advert for a Volkswagen Golf. It's an old one, though. Google it. (laughs) That's on YouTube. (laughs) The man who married the sex kitten just as she turned into a cat. Well, it relates to the fact that when we go on holiday, we come back literally two days before Volcano Bay and Pandora open. Yeah, when you hear me planning a holiday, book you two weeks after (laughs) mine. Well, you'll have a great time. You say that, Paul, but actually, the the last bit of news and and for us to end the show on is that um, this weekend in DLP, whilst the world is going mad for Beauty and the Beast, Star Tours 2 has had a soft opening. Oh. So, um, there's been... Yeah. I've not seen any of the footage. I don't know why. I'm not even going. My wife will be seeing it in a few weeks. I'm not going. So, I should have probably watched the videos. But um, there are videos out there of uh, the queue, um, of all the new things inside the show building, um, and the attraction itself. Um, I don't think there's any surprises if you've seen Star Tours 2 in other parks, but, um, you know, the ride, the ride is, you know, the same pretty much, but, um, yeah, so, you say that, but, I mean, that wasn't scheduled to open until, I think, the 26th of March, yeah. I think, so, yeah. there's every chance yeah, that there'll be some, uh, there'll be some, uh, early openings for Pandora for you. 
Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. You never know. I hope so. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, in that case, I'll wrap this show up, but thank you all of you for uh, your contribution, as always. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading us. Um, if you subscribe to us, that's great. If you don't subscribe to us, please do. But if you are a current subscriber, if you click unsubscribe and immediately click subscribe again, that helps us out. So please do that. That's that's very kind if you can do that. Um, visit our Patreon. And uh, if you happen to bump into Amanda in a few weeks when she goes on holiday... She might even give you some of our stinking badges. Maybe, if you're nice to me. Yeah, you've got to say the, the secret word, which is... Bananas. Bananas. So, play <laughs> Bananas to Amanda, get yourself a badge. And yeah. uh, we will see you all very soon. Bye. Remember, remember, try the grey stuff. It's fish eggs. <laughs> 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 Sorry, delicious. <laughs> It wouldn't rhyme. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Diz After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash Diz After Dark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Diz After Dark. Thank you. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast.